Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. On today's episode, we continue the making of a messenger part two. And the question that I would put to you today is, are you willing to be the proving ground of everything that you preach? Take a listen. I hope it provokes you deeper in your personal process with God. Hey everybody, great to be together again today. Let's continue talking about messengers in the making or the making of messengers. I love reading out of 1 Corinthians 2 when I talk about this and and promoting this that are we that same type of messenger as was the Apostle Paul? Because what he had done was he had completely turned his back on being a man of eloquence. He had completely turned his back on being a person that wows the crowd and just brings everybody to their feet because he's so good as a communicator. This is what the Apostle Paul said. Talk about a messenger. In chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, he said, As for myself, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony and evidence or mystery and secret of God in lofty words of eloquence or human philosophy and wisdom. He said, For I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus Christ." Now, you know, I'm recording this right here at the end of October, 1st of November, and, you know, we're all coming to the end of the year, actually the end of a decade, and so everyone's going to be tempted, of course, to make New Year's resolutions and how they're going to do better, which, of course, I encourage people, don't do that. (laughs) Don't determine that you're going to dig in deeper and try harder. You know, if you want to make a New Year's resolution, my friends, do the same as Paul did right here in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. He said, this is my resolution. I have resolved to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. And he went on to say, and I was in weakness and fear and dread and great trembling. He said, and my language in verse 4, he says, and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing and plausible words of wisdom but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, a proof by the Spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men in human philosophy, but in the power of God. I love it. He is saying, I have given up trying to wax eloquent. I have given up trying to impress people. I have given up trying to just be a dignified communicator with excellent communication skills because we do again have to ask ourselves with so much communication going on in teaching and preaching and in all uh, you know kinds of other ways why so little fruit. Now you might be becoming more eloquent And what you're listening to might be producing more eloquent communicators, but that's not actually the making of a messenger of the cross. 
We are not those who are uh, more concerned about being, uh, you know, uh, eloquent and uh, perceived as wise. We are those who want to be the message that we actually are sharing. That am I what I'm talking about? Has God been able to make me who he said that he would make me? Am I allowing him to work in me? And I love it that Paul says, sure, sure, there are minds being stirred, emotions that are being stirred, and it is persuading them. But he's very clear about the source. The source is Holy Spirit. The source is moving through Paul, through his spirit, through him, and then it is touching the soul. And the order, my friends, of a messenger is very important. Is am I trying to, from my soul to your soul, am I trying to stir you by my cleverness, by my humor, by my psychology, my psyche? Am I trying to touch yours by mine? Or am I allowing Holy Spirit to work in me, spirit, and then it touches my soul and transforms me, and then Holy Spirit can find a way through me and can impart life into others, not just impressing others. You see, because he's telling us, I don't want your faith to just rest in human philosophy. He says, I don't want your faith resting upon the wisdom of men. I want your faith resting in the power of God. He said, because we, when we are among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in real understanding, we impart a higher wisdom. I love that. In verse 7, it goes on to say, but rather, what are we setting forth but a wisdom of God, he says, the wisdom of God, the thinking of God, the the philosophy that is Jesus Christ himself, that this is what we want to be passing on is them, (laughs) Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Are we their messenger or are we just a communicator of, uh, you know, impressive human philosophy? So, I want to be very clear that I want to be a part of equipping. You know, only God can truly make a messenger, but I do want to be a part of equipping those whom God is making and being an encouragement to them. So I hope that means I'm being an encouragement to you today. So therefore, to be truly an encourager, I've got to tell you the truth is that we don't just have a message that we share. We are the message. So if I teach on brokenness, my friends, then get what I'm saying is, is I have been broken of my dependency upon myself. I have lived through that. Now, let me tell you, no uh, servant is greater than their master, no student greater than their teacher. Now, listen, Jesus himself, my friends, was the very proving ground of everything he preached. And I want to encourage you today. Are you, are you the proving ground of everything that you preach of what you share when you are giving, quote, advice to others? Is that the same advice that you have taken yourself? You see, I believe that our greatest authority begins to move when we've allowed the authority of God to do something in us. And now that 
that in my private world, I have bowed to the personal submission to the Lordship of Jesus, then when that word goes out from me, it carries the very power of the cross. By the very power that it was worked in me, that power now is working through me. I mean, Jesus is um, our lead in everything. He went before us and he is now the way. And when he said to the Pharisees in John 8, you are of your father, the devil, and he's been a liar and a murderer from the beginning, and they were furious and they were offended, you know, and, but guess what they ended up doing to Jesus? They proved everything that Jesus said was true of them. They proved it because then they, they, uh, schemed to lie about him and then to have him killed. So when Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil, and he's a liar and a murderer, they ended up lying on Jesus and murdering him. Now, I understand it was all of our sin that brought Jesus to the cross. But what I'm saying is Jesus was the proving ground for everything that he was preaching. And I tell you what, it might might uh, put an end to some preachers. <laughs> if you've got to truly be the proving ground for everything that you are preaching, you see, is that Am I the message? This is what I'm, I'm encouraging you with. Are you the message? Have you let the sword go through your own heart before that sword comes out of your mouth? Is there an authority because you, not because you're so anointed, but because you allowed that sword to cut inside of you, the sword of the Holy Spirit? And when he wields that, according to Hebrews 4.12, he's wielding that sword of the word inside of you and me. And when we get, he gets done with us, we have a true uh, understanding. This is why it says we have a ripe understanding. And we have come to this uh, ripening. That understanding has gotten really, really matured. You know, and this is what we really need. We need in this hour messengers that don't just wax eloquent from behind a pulpit, but that when the lights go off, the offerings have been taken, the product has been sold, you know, all the t-shirts are done, everything is over. Then how do we live? And are we able, if you will, as an example, to come off that platform, walk straight down those steps and are we able now to live among people in the very thing that we preached? And are we willing to be that message? Are we willing to allow Holy Spirit to make us messengers? You know, one of my favorite, favorite books of all time that I'll be using in the internship that I'll do in 2020 is a book by Watchman Nee called The Messenger of the Cross. Now, I always give this disclaimer that really and truly Watchman Nee did not set out to write books. He had sermons, he had messages where he was equipping and training the body of Christ. And then someone took his messages and turned them into books. So this, this book, The Messenger of the Cross by Watchman Nee, has so many powerful, powerful things to impart to us and to provoke us to take those next steps in asking God, Yes, make me your messenger. And this is one of the things that it says in the book that is so very powerful. So these next few minutes come out of this book, The Messenger of the Cross, and I want to share this with you. It says, The life of the cross is the life of the Lord Jesus. 
And we must know our message in experience. The teaching which we know only as a teaching will remain only a teaching until we allow it to work in our lives so that the teaching we know becomes a part of our experience and is an integral element in our daily walk. Then the teaching is not mere doctrine, but is the very stuff of our own personal life. Just as the food that we have eaten has become flesh of our flesh and bone of our bones, we, listen up to this, this is so powerful, we become a living teaching and a living word. And what we preach is no longer simply an idea which we know, but it is our real life. And this is the meaning of really being doers of the word in the truest biblical sense. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit more here, but let me just stop here. I mean, is that just so powerful? Like, am I, like, listen, I have mentored, discipled, worked with people for years as a pastor, for over 20 years. And I never encouraged someone to do something that I had not been willing to require of myself. And so if I said to people, well, okay, you want to face the truth in your life, then let's share that truth with your spouse. Let's 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 go to them, stop lying, and stop being deceptive. And the person will be like, no way. I said I was going to stop that behavior. So, you know, as long as I'm willing to stop, I don't think we need to share that with the spouse. Why? Well, because the spouse might decide uh, that they are going to leave me. And I would say, well, yes. That's actually true because when you stop lying, you stop being the control freak and you stop controlling everybody else's life. You see, when we lie, we're controlling what everybody else knows. We only let them know what we want them to know. Therefore, they don't get to make decisions about their own life with all the truth, with all the information. Well, I had to live that way. I once was deceptive. I once lied. And that was what I had to do. And so I was passing on to them the very same way that God had set me free. This was going to be what we needed to do. But they were still at a place that they still wanted to control everything. So when I'm doing the sin, I don't want to tell anybody. And when I'm finished doing it, let's don't tell anybody because, you know, then that could ruin things. But see, when we decide that we're going to be the message, you can't keep telling other people to do something that you yourself are unwilling to do. And so let's just say you're a leader, you're a preacher, you're a pastor. Oh, everybody needs to tell the truth, but you haven't told the truth. You haven't to the right people. I don't mean that you have to tell everything to everybody. But I'm saying is that you haven't yet bowed to to the personal submission and private submission to Jesus. So how are you able to be preaching that? So you see, if you live that and you allowed that to be worked in you, trust me, my friends, there's going to be a power of the Holy Spirit working deep inside of you. Just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, he said that there's a power working by the Holy Spirit upon the hearers of the message. And because what Paul was saying to others, he himself had embraced. He had given up being eloquent He had walked away from everything that he knew in his life that was actually opposed to Christ himself. Therefore, he was an authority to be able to speak that, not just because he had a degree in this and a degree in that. It was because he was that message. 
And so when Paul said to others, do not wax eloquent, yield to the Holy Spirit, let him work in you. It's because, well, Paul had done that same thing. So are you and I willing to actually be that message, to become a living message, a living word, that what we preach is no longer a nice Christian idea, but that we as a Christian, you as a Christian, like this is how God delivered me. This is what he brought to me. Now, let me back up and say that when I had to expose my deception and my lying and I submitted to that word, let me tell you, that did not happen overnight. God had to deeply work on me. God had to bring such serious conviction on me. So, and I I don't want to go into that whole thing, but I do want to make sure that you hear and understand that's part of why my heart is 100% loyal to the Lord in these things, but I'm also quite empathetic to the person. Now, I'm not sympathetic because sympathetic means I'll be like, yeah, I know it'll be really tough. So let's don't do it. It'll really stir up a lot of trouble. So, you know, let's just keep all that covered. No, when God is going to purge and cleanse us to purity in this hour of history, my friends, he means to purge us. Are we the message? Are we those who let him do it his way in us? And if so, then we will speak his way and and we will speak it to others and we will encourage them and it will be with great loyalty to the Lord and great empathy to the person. But it will never turn into messy sympathy where I actually encourage a person to stay in control of their life and others' lives because we wouldn't want to tell the truth and create all that difficulty. Well, no, hiding it is causing all the difficulty. Sinning is causing all the difficulty. Telling the truth is not what's causing the difficulty. Okay, so I just wanted to bring it down into the reality of, like, this is what I'm really talking about. Okay, not just, oh, if I'm going to preach a message on praying that, yes, I did pray and have my quiet time this morning. I'm not saying that that isn't it, but let's get down into the reality is if we're going to be wielding the cross, my friends, did the cross pierce us? For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. Has the cross pierced us? unto the point that we were persuaded that the natural way and the sinful way is not the way. And were we persuaded to fully give ourselves to the Lord and let it be his way so that we could get up and we could stand in the dignity that God has given to us and we could be that message. And what the word goes on to say here in in the book is, you know, are we then becoming true doers of the word according to what the word is talking about? Oftentimes we misunderstand this word do, and we think it just means that after I've heard the word uh, that I'm going to try now my best to do it. Well, that's not the actual meaning of what it means to do, be a doer of the word. Now listen to this. It says, the do of the scriptures is not the doing with our own strength. It is instead allowing the Holy Spirit to live out through us the word of the Lord, which we have come to know. It's a kind of life, not just a kind of works. And in having the life, then we will, of course, have the works of that life. 
But to produce a few works cannot be deemed fully what it really means in the Bible to actually be doers of the word. And this is how I want to close out today is what it says is, is that we ought then to be those that exercise our will to cooperate in life with the Holy Spirit so that we can live out what we know and thus be those who impart life to other people. Wow, I'm challenged again today. As a messenger of the cross, I am deeply challenged today in this and able to say to the Lord in all sobriety, Lord, once again, make me the message. Make me the message. Come, Father, and do in me what you want to do that I want and I will, I will to cooperate with Holy Spirit so that he can make it real inside of me, that I don't just get up and talk and talk and talk and people walk away impressed or not impressed, but that, Father, let us be those who truly impart life, that you have been allowed to do it in us. You see, this is my heart. I want to please the Father, and I really want to terrorize hell. Because you see, hell doesn't really believe that there are going to be other sons who are willing to be the proving ground for everything that they preach. Hell thinks God's going to have to bribe us, pamper us, spoil us, you know, promise us blessings and all of that, or we're never really going to live this life. I want to be one of those, not only that I live this way, but that I become one who equips the messengers that God himself is making, that we will be the message and such power will come through us as it did in Paul, as it did in Peter and all of the other sons throughout history who were not smarter than us necessarily, but they were maybe more yielded. Can we be those who are so yielded to him that he can make us the message that we are that which we preach We are the very representation of the Father himself that we would be able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. You've seen his goodness. You see the culture of his kingdom. You see his ways. And this is what I'm going to talk about on our next podcast is I want to so promote and talk highly of the ways of God that as a messenger that I literally am one who provokes others to go this way with him, that we will not shrink back and we will not sit down and shut up, but we will be those who get up and go on with him. And we speak well of our father. We say all your ways have dealt bountifully with me and that we would be a promoter and a provoker of others coming into that place that they allow the father to deal with them the way that he does as with sons so that we'll get up and be those messengers in this hour of history. All right. I think that's enough for this, (laughs) for this time. Some of this is something for us to deeply chew on and, and deeply consider. Will we be those who allow the father to make us his messengers in this hour of history? If you haven't already read first Corinthians two, verses uh, roughly one through eight, and let that resonate with you. And as you move towards the end of this year and the end of this decade, do not make New Year's resolutions that you're going to try harder, my friends. Make the resolution that Paul did and resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified and become a messenger of the cross because you're letting him work the power of the cross 
inside of you. All right. This is what delivers us from ourselves and delivers us to him experientially, personally, and privately. And my friends, whatever we allow him to do in us privately, there is going to be a public demonstration. Yes. All right. Well, I love you all. Thanks for being with me again today. And until next time, see you later. Bye. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.